The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks from New Alphatip in our China chapter. And so at the top of the show, as we'd like to do, we'd like to thank all of our Patreon supporters and our listeners. We truly couldn't do it without you, and we greatly appreciate your listening ears. If you'd like to join our Patreon, you can at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast and uh, help these folks out because from here on out, it only gets worse. We're going to start with introductions to my right. This is Tiffany and I play Maeve O'Shea. And to Miss O'Shea's right. This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane. And at the end of the table. This is Jake. I'm playing Jack Doyle. And to Mr. Doyle's right. Uh, this is Lonnie, and uh, I'd like to thank all the Patreons for paying the ransom so I can get out of Mike's sub-basement. It was a um, historically long list of people who were paying me, but um, I suppose that's now at an end. Uh, ah, well. Uh, to uh, Lonnie's right. This is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach. And last, most certainly not least. Uh, this is Alex playing Sam Bellon, and honestly, I'm wondering why everybody's being so terse today. I think it's because... Everyone has something to do. And so we're going to raise the curtain on Shanghai with a somewhat muted arrival. The East China Sea is filled with clouds. Low-lying, high-flying, as the Ormuz comes into port. Shanghai for visitors and tourists is breathtaking from your vantage point. Lots of people have crowded the deck, much as you've seen in your other travels along the waterways and oceans. And they're all watching really one thing, and that's the Bund. A very long stretch of street that runs from one portion of the city all the way to uh, a northern portion in the International District. And this is where so many different ships land. Small ships, large ships, ships like the Ormuz. And you get the collective understanding of what makes this port hum. And it's all the smaller vessels. The big vessels that you're, one like the one you're riding on, are not as important. 
There must be thousands of small boats here, docking at any number of locations and piers. And in turn, each one of them has another set of individuals aboard this section of street where they're offloading cargo and, and putting on cargo. And you see the live commerce of Shanghai. And so while the colors and the clouds might mute the atmosphere, underneath, there is a flurry of activity. Jack, you get word that the Ormu should land in the next about 15 minutes. And uh, it's going to be likely a pretty crowded disembark. Lillian, you spy on the deck. Your former dinner guest, the uh, gentleman in the gray suit. Oh, the the gentleman whose name isn't really his name. That's right. <laughs> Not Leland. Not Leland at all. Okay. I kind of catch his eye. He tips his hat. And, and nod to him. I'm not going to, he's going to just lie to me, so I'm not going to go say anything to him. <laughs> he is one of the first people off the boat. Making uh, pretty strident moves towards the roadway here, where he very quickly gets into a cart and is whisked somewhere north. Uh, disembarking for all of the rest of the investigators here is a little strange. Um, your cattle cart in a little bit. Uh, so it's a very tight packed group of people. There's a lot of folks that wait for the, the main surge to go through because they don't want to be that close to other people. Uh, that said, after disembarking, you're essentially left uh, for a moment in front of a long line that stretches towards the customs exchange. And this is something that you would have spied from your position, Jack. For whatever reason, the man in the gray suit circumvented that line. Somehow, some way. Uh, but you get in the line for customs. And so what I'd like to know from each one of you is what terribly dangerous things are you trying to bring into this country? And what do I get to search you for? Well, we know what I'm bringing in. I mean, mostly my knife. I mean, I guess that's what would the, they would consider dangerous. Well, and whatever's been packed in my trunk. But other than that, yeah, my knife is on me. But mm -hmm. and my necklace. Okay. But that's not they. Well, they won't think it's dangerous. Sure. Um, Miss Lane, how about you? I'll be bringing in four slice rifle. Mm -hmm. I probably. Was that one that we can take apart? Yeah, I'm going to just holster that bad boy and carry it. Is that one that you can take apart? You can stick it in your boot, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, you could technically break down an Enfield if you needed to for cleaning and for whatever else. Yeah, so I would have it broken down in my luggage. I also have, obviously, my big knife. I do not put that in my boots. It is also in my luggage. And then, mm -hmm. obviously, the um, aging off the ship with Damn me Westerners. and not return it to the library. <laughs> you bad girl. No, I'm stealing like it. <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough, Jack. 
I'm going to take the shotguns and rifles and stuff and stuff them in the bottom of the trunk mm-hmm. along with the uh, um, Thompson. <laughs> I'll keep my uh We my still have the handgun. Thompson? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I'll keep my handgun on me, holstered. I'm okay. probably going to have to try to purchase gun licenses. Interesting, uh, interesting idea. We're going to go ahead and just skip over Lonnie because that's not important right now. Nothing to see here. Dr. Are there any um, what you would consider illicit material that you're trying to bring in? Uh, the only illicit materials that I can think of that Doc might still have would be of the biological or pharmacological pharmacological nature that he carries with him for Dreamland's works. But he's going to put all of those into either specimen bottles or medicine bottles so that hmm. they are medicine. That's a fascinating move. See if it works out for you. Right, right. Uh, and then uh, Sam. I am a veritable cornucopia of contraband. I know. I know you are. We just want to hear it on recording. Sure. I'm carrying a, a shotgun, a rifle, a machete that's hidden under an umbrella attached to a bag, a whole bunch of random tools, knives, nice. needles. So I just have one question. What can you tell me about the agent just, that just we're one? approaching? Yes. The agents, or, plural. Sure. Who's in the, the one? There's a team of the them. one that seems to be kind of wrangling them. Uh, nothing yet because you're not there yet. Okay. So what I'll do though is I'm going to do you a favor, all of you actually, and I'd like you all to roll luck. The reason I was asking was because when I get approached, um, I want to do something in particular. I got a 58 over six. Fantastic. <laughs> You're welcome. I got a 94 over 72. Okay. 52 over 46. Okay. Yep, I got a 79 over 50. Mm-hmm. I got a nine over 52. Miss Lane, I'm going to have you add 10 points of luck to your character. We're going to give you a special China refresh. Awesome. And now the rest of you will get extra because y'all failed. All right, Miss O'Shea, take max the meter. Take 25 points of luck. Nice. That's not the most you can get technically. So potentially. 25? Yes, 25. Okay. And then Jack, you get an extra D10, yes? Yes. So 26 nice. points of luck. And then doctor. So doctor take 22 points of luck. Which doesn't suck. Not at all. That is the highest my luck has been in quite a while. Still not over 30, but you know, what are you going to (laughs) do? That's okay. Uh, 15 for you, Sam. So each one of you, I guess what I would like to know, just for cinematic sake, is which one of you is going to attempt to get... um, through the line first. I will. Okay. Uh, So this agent, a gentleman in a uh, yellow uniform and some sort of insignia on as you begin taking your luggage and setting it up on tables and then they're going to start going through it. So before I do so, when uh, it's indicated to me which agent we're speaking to, I would like to spend a point of sanity. Okay. And I'm going to take a deep breath 
and insert myself into this person's life as a matter of import, as a person important to them, as a person special to them. And I'm going to start talking. I'm going to say, oh, it's been so very long. I, I hope these days find you and your family doing well. My, my friends and I have had the most harrowing trip at sea. We were promised accommodations. We, we didn't receive much of our luggage, never made it to sea. And the crew made us feel most unwelcome. We, we'd really just like to come home and get back to normal. So I hope you can, you can see it in your heart to let us through without much of a hassle. And we'd like to simply find a, a safe and warm place to relax and rest before deciding how to manage the mess we're, we're climbing up from under. It really is much appreciated, friend. Uh, I was using my augmented skill, my pulp, my pulp skill, to mimic someone of import to insinuate myself into their life. Yeah, so the reaction from this, this gentleman is rather astonishing to all of you. And this customs agent sort of steps around the table and takes Sam by like the shoulders and, and seems to get emotional and, uh, and, and very carefully just sort of pats his luggage and helps him, helps him through the line. I will be uh, fervently gesticulating to my, my friends as well as they are, have gone through just as much of a hassle as I have on our travels. Hmm. Okay. So I will, um, give them advantage on the role that they have to make okay. next then. It's about as best I can do. So who's next? Uh, I'll go and I will spend one MP and one San for Dominate. Ooh. Okay. Basically, I'm going to lean over the table and make eye contact with the other while the other person is ushering mm-hmm. Sam away and be like, everything we have is okay. And the rest of us are going to go through. I'll allow it, given the fact that you can speak Cantonese. I can. <laughs> so, why don't you make me a power roll? Contested. Yes. 19 out of 83. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she tells the custom agent what's going to happen, and the man just simply nods, and he stamps your passport, and you enter China. Well, that was a lot easier than Calais. Well, I I know stuff now. (laughs) All right, uh, Doctor. All right, Doc steps up and puts his suitcase um, and his bag, uh, his doctor's bag, or uh, hands them, I guess, to the whoever's checking stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Guten Tag. Oh, hello. You hear a young man who begins looking over your your parcels. Turn to address the, the younger man or whoever's talking. Mm-hmm. Is this your first time here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He makes a note in his book. And where are you coming from? We are coming from uh, Africa. Yeah. As leaving mm-hmm. does is all you're saying. Africa, yeah. He kind of looks at uh, Maeve and gestures a little bit like, I don't know if I'm saying this right. All right, doctor. I would like you to make me a psychology role. You got it. That is a three under 86, uh, an extreme success. So you think you figured something out fairly quickly. Hmm. This young man, it may be his first day. While while one of the customs agents is in the middle of being dominated by <laughs> Miss O'Shea and essentially told what's going to happen, while the other one is being emotionally played like a fiddle by Sam, 
this young man seems um, very concerned that he's not going to do a good job. You can tell that the clipboard is a little sh- is a little less firm and it's not shaky. He's not afraid of you, but he seems to be more afraid of the fact that there are uh, a line of people here. And so he's just trying to be very careful and <clears throat> it causes him to stamp your passport probably a little quicker than he should have. As he's stamping it, as, as, as he's, you know, if he even is noticing that he's stamping it too soon, uh, Doc will put a hand, uh, reach out and just put a hand on like his forearm in a, you know, a um, paternal kind of way. Give it a pat, big smile. You are doing just fine. You would be just fine. Hmm? Yeah. He takes a couple of deep breaths. There you go. Yeah. And as Doc is patting him with the left hand, he's closing his doctor's bag back up and grabbing his suitcase with the other hand. Good job. Good job. Yeah. I'm just going to exit stage left. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. So I suppose then. I'll I'll, uh, usher Lillian up with myself. Okay. You uh you get the agent that Miss O'Shea was speaking with. Hello, hello. Uh my uh my wife and I coming here for our honeymoon. He nods. Uh you hear in Cantonese passport? Yes. He takes your passport and flips through it. He looks at the picture in it and looks at you and and he says uh in somewhat broken English after he says it in Cantonese, which you pick up. He says, uh, do you have anything to declare? Where would I uh, purchase a weapons license? Licenses can be found at the customs office. Are there um, firearms to be declared? I have a, uh, a sidearm. Well, we should be able to take care of them here. Of course. He flips a page in, in, a, in a book and begins writing. Uh, he enlightens you that there's a fee mm-hmm. and then uh, a fee which you're able to pay. You have to pay with likely U.S. currency because I don't believe you have any uh, any yen just yet. And uh, you pay the fee and you're going to make me a luck roll. Yeah. Well, that would be 1498 Okay. Uh, you pay the fee. You noticed with your with that eagle eye vision that you have that the fee is likely maybe a little bit more than what the papers say the fee mm. is supposed to be. Yeah. But he takes the money all the same. Oh, yeah. And you walk into Shanghai with your bags. <clears throat> Miss Lane, you get this the same similar treatment. I guess the question is, do you, are you going to declare the rifle or not? I put it at the bottom of my bag, like my underneath clothes and stuff. So I'm not going to declare it. Okay. Is he going to try to look through my bag? Yeah. Uh, he's a customs agent. He can look through anything he likes. Okay. Um, I'd like to roll charm then. Okay. In what way would you, uh, are you going to attempt to charm him? As he goes to open my bag, I'm, and he's, you said he speaks, speaks a little English. Are you broken English? Yeah, perhaps. Okay. Say, sir, sir, I, you never look in a lady's bag when she's on her honeymoon. You just don't know what you're going to find. Hey, real charm. I think it's probably more a fast talk the way you're playing it. To be perfectly right, honest. All right, all right. 
you're going to try to charm him, charming him would be something a little different. That's true. I'd talk about how good looking he is. You should have had your husband fast like talk that. him. That's, um, yeah, but I got fast talk too. Okay, go for it. What's the worst that could happen, really? <laughs> he takes, I get thrown in prison. Okay, hang on. That's true. <laughs> that is true. I got a 64 out of 65. <laughs> By the uh, skin of your teeth, as they say, yes. you um, convince him that since you're on your honeymoon, it would really be bad social form for you to inquire what's inside your bags. He begrudgingly allows you to join your husband. He probably notices just a little bit that you're not wearing a wedding ring. Um, but not everyone wears wedding rings in the era. We're, we're very progressive. <laughs> That's what they say. And so the group slips in relatively uneventfully to Shanghai. And so now the question of the ages is, as it always is, where are you going? Well, I think uh, we should at least get a hotel for the night before we start looking for uh, more permanent lodgings. Well, we're supposed to meet that gentleman at the bar. Who are we supposed to meet there? Uh, we had. We don't uh, know. Carlton Ramsey was arranged for somebody to uh, meet us there. Oh, okay, makes sense. Okay. Yeah, finding a hotel is not terribly difficult. Uh, there are an awful lot around the port itself, especially in the uh, section you're in. There are papers, and there are um, offerings of all sorts and types especially when it comes to lodgings. Finding a hotel is not difficult. The question is, do you find the right one? Right? Yeah. Uh, so the easiest place for you to stay is probably going to be right along that international zone. Um, the, the difficulty that you're going to have here as a tourist, as a newcomer, is not knowing where everything is at and not having a lay of, of the overall land itself. Um. So, I suppose, if you're just going to sort of dartboard a hotel, you can do that. Is there any uh, street kids around here? <laughs> There's a ton of them. Okay, I'll, I'll go to one and I'll, uh, I'll hold up a quarter. Okay. Uh, and Cantonese. Where would be the best hotel here? Interesting use. So they point from where you're standing at. They point slightly south. And he says in Cantonese, in effect, the, uh, the, the tall red building here. That would be safe. Thank you. And I'll flip him the quarter. He takes it. You're not certain whether or not it's... Uh, it's hard to tell whether or not he's telling the truth. So you're just going to have to bank on the fact that he is. I mean, it's as good of place as any, so. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the hotel that he points you to is a two or three-story structure, story structure. And uh, they do take foreigners, which is nice. Uh, you notice in Cantonese, Miss O'Shea and Jack, you would notice that there are hotels along the route here where it says no foreigners. In fact, there's more than a few of them. But the one that he sets you towards uh, doesn't have such the same sign in it. 
and you get you have the ability to get to get to rooms. So these are single rooms. So there's no massive conjoined rooms here. It's all single lodgings. Um, it's we would say comparable to a we would say average or above average hotel. It's nothing that is stellar by any means. But it gives you a good view of the international space and you're relatively close to uh, the port here. The only downside is it's noisy. Yeah, we're we're only going to be here a day or two, hopefully. Oh, okay. Because we're trying to find something more permanent. Sure. So getting settled there is not difficult, at least for the moment. Uh, For those of you who are not particular to ocean travel, that would be you, doctor. Uh, it is nice to get a bed that doesn't move in the middle of the night. I'm so tired of sloshing when I sleep. <laughs> Give me solid land, even if the bed is uncomfortable. Mm. Out of the way, come on. Yeah, let's go, yeah. Actually, it, this bed is fairly comfortable. Um, although, I'm not certain how clean the overall hotel is, unfortunately. But, them's the breaks. So, after getting settled, what's the plan? Well, let's... Uh... I guess we'll kind of meet up together so we can go over some plans. We're going to go to the uh, the bar and meet up with uh, our contact. You certainly hope to meet your contact, yes? Yes. I think that's the first step. Okay. Mr. Drummond, you have been, for the better part of four to five days now, spending uh, a few hours in and out of the White Lily Bar. Yep. Just... Coming and going, having a drink, sometimes reading the paper, doing your best to basically look for a a, a cigarette pack full of sore thumbs. Yes. They're going to show up at some point. Oh, yes. Your previous target, your previous recon target, uh, Victor Sassoon, uh, turned out to be fairly difficult to actually get close to, not only because the bar was unfortunately attacked by uh, a rival gang but Sassoon seems to be a little bit of a mercurial and slippery fella Mm -hmm. Uh, afterwards we'll say it's been roughly about a week or so since that incident it the situation continues to unfold where he would stop making public visits and so you would have to, in any way to get close to him, you would have to get, find his house, which isn't as simple as it sounds. No. And realistically, you know that if you are patient, he will come out again. And it isn't like you mean him any ill. He should be kind of grateful, actually. One would think, yes one would think but yeah you've been spending we'll say a couple of hours um, each day maybe an hour during the afternoon or an hour at night split up you don't want to look like you're staking the place out right I guess how how else would you spend that week in Shanghai awaiting any are there there going to be any preparations you would make for their arrival I probably would have telegraphed uh, Ramsey Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that they would make some sort of basic arrangements and they wouldn't need me to um, basically do the tour guide thing. Yeah, 
his reply would end up being something like, by now they should be able to rent a hotel. <laughs> it's not your job to guide them as much as it's your job to make sure that there aren't any egregious missteps. It, that seems to be the thing, at least in the two or three telegrams you've gotten from Ramsey at this point. Right. That seemed to be his main concern is that they're going to make some sort of social or cultural faux pas and it's going to prevent them from being able to complete whatever mission they're on. Um, there's also something in here that you pull out of it fairly quickly. And that is that you're fairly certain that Carlton Ramsey has no clear idea what they're doing. He understands, it seems, that they're chasing Elias's stories and trying to run down these mysteries. But you think that they may be keeping him in the dark. I would probably actually spend at least part of those days um, going back through my old book collection. Mm -hmm. And just brushing up on um, Jackson's particular research. Oh, I mean, there's all sorts of things that he was researching, right? Most of them are shadowy cults in all sorts of different places. Death cults in India, places in Africa. Um, it, it, you do get an, a strong sense that he was a deep skeptic up into a certain point. Yeah. Fine. And, and, then the, and then the skepticism melted. Unfortunately, it came way too late. And he didn't see that people, at least seemingly outwardly, he did not make it known that people were chasing him. He may not have known people were chasing him. Hmm. I probably wouldn't do too much out of the ordinary then. Because, you know, um, I'm not actually staking out the White Lily, but my profession gives me plenty of cover to be at the White Lily. Because there's always people around. That is very true. No, I mean, I don't know anything about who they are or what they're here for. So until I get that, there's nothing special to do. All right. Investigators, are you making your way over to that bar first night or are you waiting till second night? No, let's do it the first night. Yeah, unless somebody has any good reason not to. Speak now, forever hold your peace. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. I think the only thing that I would add while we're talking and kind of figuring out what we're doing is that uh, we should probably assume that our presence here is not going to remain secret for long, if at all. No, I have an idea about that too. So we can flesh it out as it goes. But I do have a question. Under acting under the presumption that anyone we rope in to our investigation will be put at risk. Do we have any intention of taking steps or thoughts on steps to ameliorate those circumstances, or are we just prepared to see their lives end abruptly? I think from the very beginning, we're just going to have to tell them that what we're doing is dangerous and that if they have a problem with that, they should keep their contact with us to a minimum. Understood. So the White Lily Bar is a little bit of an upscale place. It's in the French district and it has all sorts of beautiful accents, nice chairs, 
clean floors, uh, a nice scent in the air. It's like walking into, for lack of a better term, Jack, it's a, it's a nightclub. It actually reminds you a lot of the clubs in Chicago, the upscale ones. There's um, there's a really sing-songy, higher-pitched jazz singer on stage right now with a small couple of instruments that are uh, giving a nice pep to the evening. There's even mood lighting. And uh, the tables have tiny candles at them. Once we're back in the public space, um, I will likely resume my, at this point, kind of comfortable role as Lillian's valet. So if we go into the place, like I'll take her jacket and hold it. Um, If there's a bag, I'll I'll tend to it and just basically act as kind of a shadowed flank. All right. Fair enough. I guess we'll get a table. Yeah, you get a table. Uh, A relatively, you get one of the back tables which uh, is being vacated when you guys walk in. There's uh, seats for, we'll say, six. And the service is prompt. And the drinks are good. I'll look around. Look for somebody who looks like they're waiting for somebody. So, Lonnie, you make them when they enter the door. This isn't hard. No. They make this easy. I mean, it's a it's it's a large party of people. Yep. Um, one question that I did have: Did Ramsey say who I was supposed to be talking to? He probably would have directed you to Mister Doyle. Okay. So he would have mentioned that he would, would have be... given me one name to. Yes. Okay. Yep. Which is interesting. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, making them isn't hard. There, there are a group of mostly. Uh, what appear to be Americans traveling together um, and they don't fit the style of locals at all. There are a a varying number of them, obviously, uh, who are either well-dressed or (laughs) dressed like the... I I suppose the doctor's probably not wearing the Egyptian white suit anymore. No, he's uh, he's found something a little more uh, demure, I guess, something a little more... um, darker suit he hasn't had a chance to go shopping yet so he's back to his his old doctor wear okay uh so jack why don't you give me a hard spot hidden roll and then all i'll ask you lonnie is do you believe that you would be trying to be covert or blend in or be um are you trying to get the drop on them socially oh yes okay all right. Well, I uh, got an 88 over uh, 98, so okay. kind of hard. Yeah. Go ahead and roll, Lonnie, but I'll obviously let uh, Sam roll because he's going to be prepared to make whoever's here, too. This is a stealth roll as well, right? Essentially, yeah. Uh, that is a 56 under 70. Okay. Uh, my spot hidden is a 13 under 85. That's an extreme success. So this is sort of how this goes down. You all get sat down. The first round of drinks gets ordered. Uh, You have made them, Drummond. And when you sit down sort of to flank Lillian to to act as her um, social and potentially physical shield, if necessary, from 
ne'er-do-wells in the bar. You pan left and pan right, and you catch the two-second glance out of from a, a man's eyes in the corner. They, they have locked on the table for just a half second, and then they move. And it's enough to put that person on your radar. I nudge Jack, and I will hmm. casually gesture with a couple of fingers in that direction. Okay. I'm assuming that if I look over there, there's probably a man sitting by himself. Yeah, I suppose, uh, Lonnie, why don't you describe your character and how they look? Very tall, dressed in a dark uh, blue suit with a Hamburg. Has a nose that looks like it's uh, been around the block more than once. Okay. And then, for Lonnie's sake, uh, and for the sake of all of our listeners, wherever they might be, why don't we get a description of all of our investigators? What what do you look like, Miss O'Shea? At this point, I probably have almost shoulder length, probably just a little bit past the chin, uh, chestnut hair with a white streak in the front that it has slight hair is not straight. It's kind of wavy. But I mean, she probably has finger waves in the front bangs. And she is dressed in... Uh, a really nice dress that she would wear out to a jazz club, not to perform, to actually visit, and a shawl that covers her back and shoulders. Okay. Miss Lane? She is not super tall. She's, yeah, not super short, but she's not super tall. She's probably about 5'4". Um, she's got brown hair. Um, it's got a little bit of a wave to it. She usually wears it up in a bun when they're traveling. Now she's got it down. It's probably nicely done. She doesn't conform to that 20s style of the very short cropped hair. She's got blue eyes. Um, she's very attractive. Probably wearing a, a, a nice dress um, that's fashionable for the time. Um, it's probably either blue or green to complement her complexion and her eyes. And um, she's generally wearing boots. She probably is wearing boots right now with some sort of weapon in it. Is, is, is the weapon visible? No, I'm wearing a longer dress. It's a longer dress. I'm just asking. I'm asking for, I'm asking for our um, new associate so that way he can be aware of it too. If you're oh, no, 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 no. Visually <laughs> it's not visible. packing a weapon, he'd, he'd, he'd want to know. <laughs> It's going to be in the boot. By the end of this campaign, it will be a halberd. Okay. So, uh, Jake. All right. Um, dark gray suit, matching fedora. Literally the poster on the wall. Yeah, right. You know, facial scars. Mm -hmm. It looks, looks a little beat up, a little rough around the edges. No, no, not really. Actually, you can tell that the nose was broken, but otherwise, handsome devil. <laughs> no. So, doctor. Dark brown hair, just. Just starting to salt and pepper around the edges, glasses, laugh lines around the eyes. By this point, he has probably just developed probably just something, a small goatee. And he's wearing a slightly rumpled, but not uh, not bad uh, dark brown suit. Looks more like a, a professor or a doctor. And is carrying a doctor's bag. 
and leans in leans on a cane fairly heavily as if he's still not used to the fact that the ground isn't heaving back and forth underneath him. And Sam. Well, since Sam has been asked to stay nearby, he has basically foregone all reason to make efforts to be clandestine um, and now sports a uh, chapeau clack collapsing top hat with goggles, a uh, black long coat with slacks, an off-white ring shirt, slightly unbuttoned, white spats over black shoes with a white silk scarf kind of draped loosely at his collar. There may or may not be gloves tucked into his pocket. Yeah, this guy screams personal assistant. Oh, yeah. That's the read that you get on him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now that visual introductions have been done, play on. I uh, pick up my drink, and I head directly over to them. Okay. Yeah, for some of you, the incoming alarms start to spin. I put my hand on my knife. <laughs> I will stand, and I will scoot my chair out a bit and stand behind it and I will wait it doesn't take you long to to get over to their side of the room you do have to weave your way through a few waiters and uh, a few raised trays but uh, it does seem that the jazz here is inspiring people to uh, engage in a little frivolity and champagne in an hour or so the white lily bar will likely be head over heels with people recovering from chasing the white dragon and Enjoying gambling. In other words, Tuesday. Yep. So I will head over that way. It looks like I'm looking at one of two people. So I'm going to take a good look at both of them and decide which one is more likely Doyle. And I would guess it's probably not the older one. Probably not, no. You're a fair read on people. And, uh, you know, you've uh, spent a little time all over the place. And Doyle likely to use screams Irish. Mm -hmm. And the guy with the goatee is probably not Irish. No, that haircut is European. Right. So I will uh, head over and uh, giant grin on my face. And I'll say, uh, Mr. Doyle. That would be me. Pleasure to meet you. Stand up and shake your hand. Robert Drummond. You're a Ramsey's man. Yes, I am. Please. I seat. tap the chair. They offer you a seat. I will uh, grab a chair from one of the uh, unoccupied tables and uh, pull it over. Okay. May I introduce uh, Miss Mae O'Shea, Miss Lillian Lane. Pleasure, madams. Dr. Sigmund Tottenbach. Guten Tag. Sam Barone. A pleasure. I take my seat again. So, uh, what is, uh, Mr. Ramsey said? Uh, he said that he needs, um, me to help you make sure you don't get, uh, uh, disappeared or murdered while in, while in, uh, Shanghai. Uh, you're here for something. He doesn't know what. Yes. I don't know if, uh, Mr. Ramsey could handle what, or believe what we've told him, what we've been doing. Hmm. We might as well get this right out in the open. Uh, we're doing, we're dealing with some very dangerous situations. I'd heard about Jackson. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to uh, clean up after him. What he stumbled into. While Jack is talking to this fellow, I'm going to be scrutinizing him very closely from behind my 
glass of single malt scotch. Okay, like physically? Like trying to read him through yes. the glass? Of, uh, yeah, wondering. through the, yeah. Watch his mannerisms, the way, the way he carries himself and the way he speaks. I want to see, I want to kind of read him, see what, what, how, did, how is he carrying himself? Is he worried? Is he being pursued? Understood. So I'll give you a psychology role when it has become apt. No, but uh, he wasn't. He he wasn't aware of the particulars of what you're looking for. Um, I'm not sure that's important to me at all. Um, it might be. Um, knowing Jackson, it probably is. Other than that. I don't really know what to do until you tell me what it is you need to do. Well, we're going to be poking around in uh, some shady institutions and uh, into some shady individuals while we're here. Well, you did that the moment you stepped on the dock. This is Shanghai. (laughs) So we're going to need your help uh, navigating the ins and outs of Shanghai. Actual Shanghai or just the foreign quarter? Uh, probably the whole city. Hmm. Well, I'm not as knowledgeable about the uh, Chinese parts of the city, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'll do my best. Well, I, I did promise. You certainly know more than we do. <laughs> Question for the keeper. How loud is this place? I would say that it is loud enough to protect the conversations happening at the table okay. uh, provided that the group does not get any louder than they are right now your conversation should stay around the table what you know is you'll want to be very careful when waiters or waitresses appear at the table they seem to move fairly fast in this district and in this building uh, so you'll want to create some sort of sign when, when people should stop talking yeah, could you, uh, Sam, could you keep an eye out for uh, Waystaff? You should be good as long as you don't drop any names. But yeah, we'll need to, uh, we'll be uh, talking to local, uh, a couple of local uh, establishments. Um, probably the newspaper, local newspaper, <laughs> museums, libraries. We, uh, we cast a wide net. Which newspaper, by the way? I don't know. There are four. Oh, there are? Well, <laughs> then we will uh, have to uh, pick and choose. All of them or some of them. Or we'll see. Yeah, the first one that would come to mind for you, uh, Lonnie, would be the Shanghai Courier. Yep. That's top of mind. Yep. Mostly because the young editor that runs it tends to run a fair amount of foreign press as well. Yep. So they come back with an additional round of drinks provided... People continue to get thirsty, which I assume you all will. Obviously, yeah. I presume you have your lodgings in order. Uh, We do have a hotel for a couple of days. Uh, We're going to look for something a little more um, permanent. Not for good, but somewhere less public. If they're looking for something different, you should be able to direct them to it. Well, yeah. I mean, there's any number of private individuals with uh, um, places. Perhaps even a couple, if not one, maybe a little more obvious than the others. Well, what I want to, one thing I want to do is I want to find a place that they have another room for rent to, that we can see from there. 
Hmm. Across the street, whatnot. That way we have some place that we can use as a uh, an address to be connect- to be uh, contacted at, but we can keep an eye on it to see who shows up there. Makes things difficult. Perhaps I should let you know in advance. There's a great deal of local unrest right now. The foreign quarter is mostly free, mostly free of um, problems from the locals, but not a hundred percent. But if you're looking for, a, forgive me, I'm not tracking here. You want two locations across the street from each other? Well, that would be ideal. Hmm. One we use our actual residence. The other one we use as a uh, decoy. I don't, I don't honestly know where you'd find a situation like that. Shanghai's packed to the gills, and especially being, you know, from from out of town, uh, there's a lot of places that won't even deal with you. You know, for your for your local, more local knowledge, Drummond, you'd know that there's anywhere between 80 to 100 different local factions and they could be anything from property owners to nightclub owners to just flat out gangs of people that operate and the the issue moreover is that a lot of the centralized authority here has been weakened by this international district and so <laughs> the the foreign the, the foreigners who are here mostly Brits, Americans, and French, they have their own policing force. And so if a foreign national makes a problem for a, for a, a local here, the locals have to, you know, get the case run by that national government. They can't go to their own government and plead help. And so it, it can lead to real wild times. Oh, yeah. We will definitely have to uh, look into our options. We have a, a room for a couple of days, anyhow. We'll drop the name of the hotel. I know anything about it? Um, it's a hotel that's not too far from the Bund. It's uh, pretty common with what you would call more veteran foreign travelers. This isn't a sort of right-off-the-boat place, which is where a lot of visitors go because it's the shortest walk or the shortest ride. Uh, it's... um. It's almost a little too savvy of a pick for a newcomer. It's a little, it, it strikes you a little strange. Uh, doctor, go ahead and give me that psychology room. Hard success with 32 under 86. Lonnie, you'd be Drummond's overall um, current social, current mental and emotional state. I'm slightly disconcerted right now for reasons which you know. Mm-hmm. Still a little on edge from... Uh, the incident with Sassoon. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, what they're talking about sounds fairly straightforward. I don't know exactly what they're here to get, but uh, especially with the pick of that hotel, it strikes me that they know what they're doing. So it's not like they need me to hold their hand. You're here to help them accomplish whatever it is that they need to do here. Mm-hmm. And so maybe if they're already making a decent hotel pick, maybe this will be a lot less handholding. Oh yeah, and more direct action, and and go quicker than 
Yeah, which could be good. Mm-hmm. So do I see a look of um, puzzlement followed by recognition and then perhaps a bit of relaxation in his posture? Yeah, there's, well, I don't know about relaxation. I would say that you gauge him as a fairly concerned person. Um, he might be a little uncomfortable as he sits. He might shift just a tad, not too often, but noticeably for you, for someone as you're, as a trained eye that, that you have. Um, but he seems to carry himself with enough confidence. He doesn't look like he's out of his element. He doesn't, he's not, doesn't seem to be panicked. He's not wringing his fingers. You don't see him wiping his hands on his pants. Hmm. This looks like another day at the office. Wunderbar. Well, if you uh, have any uh, anything you'd like me to look at. We'll get a list together of the places we need, we know we need to uh, investigate. And from there, we can uh, go with the plan of attack. Okay. In that case, uh, I uh, I reach in my pocket. I pull out a business card. Uh, quickly scrawl my address on it. And I hand it to him. Yeah, I'm just wondering, uh, for those of you who watch him go to his pocket and pull something out, how many of you are um, (laughs) internally flinching? A little bit, yeah. 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 Yep. Do I notice this? Probably. Mm -hmm. It's hard not to read. (laughs) I mean, like half uh, half the people here almost reach for (laughs) something when you go for your pocket, so... In, in fact, instead of flinching, Doc calmly reaches over and puts his hand on puts his hand over Jack not not necessarily just as a no 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 <laughs> no <laughs> I look around the table and I say to be completely honest the way to help yourself right now is not to act so jumpy just say as I said before what we're doing is extremely dangerous living in Shanghai is dangerous as well the key is, is if you act like you're expecting trouble, trouble will find you. And no sooner does he get that out of his mouth than an enormous group of people come through the front door. Probably six or eight. And you see multiple businessmen, uh, Asian businessmen in beautiful suits surrounded by other Asian men in suits. And they move like a pack. There's got to be 10 of them. And there's this cloud of cigarette smoke that wafts through the club. And you can see the almost <laughs> the almost phalanx they make as they walk through the club. Yeah. And there's two or three people in the middle. Yeah, I know a gang when I see one. And these men that are on the outside are, you can tell that there are weapons underneath their clothes. And the men in the middle barely flinch at all when they move and and adjust their way through the cloud to get towards the stage. And when they enter the stage area, they take it over. They move people out of tables. You see some of the, some of the, their outer guard just either kick people out of their chairs or take tables away from people to make their own space. And it happens in a blink of an eye, essentially. And, and the staff here doesn't do a thing. They don't, they don't lift a finger. Kind of reminds me of Chicago. Yep. Do I happen to recognize the uh, important suits in that crowd? You can make me a uh, spot hidden roll, sure. 
Uh, that is a 39 under 55. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So one of them is a man you've heard of before. Uh, he's a very important man. He is a sub-boss, so he's not someone totally up the ladder. But his uh, one of his surnames is Yu Sheng. And so he is closely affiliated with the leader of the Green Gang. Oh, boy. And now come to think of it, when you sort of look around the bar here, uh-huh. not the waitstaff wear green here. Oh, yeah. Hmm. This could be one of their establishments. It wouldn't shock you. No. They probably have hundreds of establishments around that pay them protection money and all sorts of um, additional finances. Yeah, but it's not really a problem right now. No, Especially no. not with them being here. No, not really. But yeah, you all, you all see it play out in front of you. Well, that looks like fairly predatory behavior, Jack. Am I wrong? No, no, it's uh, it's fairly common for uh, this type of indiv- these type of individuals. Uh, so, which uh, power? Do you know what the power group these guys belong to? <laughs> uh, yes, uh, they're members of what's colloquially known as the Green Gang. They uh, run most of the trafficking in. Uh, of all sorts of items um, in and out. Yeah, they're fairly well known to do all sorts of things. Break up union meetings, labor strikes. Um, They're mostly focused, Drummond, you would know, they're mostly focused on opium. Yep. Uh, And their big, the big check mark that's in their box constantly is that they're supported by local warlords. So local arms dealers, local people who have some some additional power back them. Did any of them stay near the door or did they all move? No, they okay. all moved. And after they take over those tables, a several of them fan out into the into the crowd and you you see it happen in, not as wrapped in a rap succession as they did when they came to the door, but they slowly begin in the in the stage area, weeding people out they don't want in the crowd, and telling them to leave. and And people just get up and leave. There's no resistance. So, in this sort of vice capital of the world, which many consider Shanghai to be at this time, um, they're at they're one of the power centers here. I think this would be a great opportunity for us to find a new establishment. Yeah, I agree. Well, I will uh, leave you to your evening after I uh, see you safely to your next establishment. The night is fairly early. Let's see a little bit of Shanghai, huh? All right. Where would you like to go next? Question about leads. I don't remember the name, but I remember there was mention of 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 a club here, right? A club or a bar, restaurant or something. Yeah, the Stumbling Tiger Bar is the the lead you have for it is a matchbook. Mr. Drummond, uh, are you familiar with this bar? The Stumbling Tiger, you say? (laughs) Yeah, you're familiar with it. It has a very interesting owner and proprietor. Yes. Yes, I am. Are are we headed there or are we... uh... Yeah, yeah, we might as well. Excellent. I think that's a perfect time 
to call this episode to a close. And so as our investigators begin to make their way to the Stumbling Tiger Bar, we will close curtain on them and the first episode of season five. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Masks of Neomothotep. We greatly appreciate your listening ears. Thank you and good night. <laughs>